Hello, everyone. Welcome to World's Burning. Another week, another week of destruction. <laughs> um, this week, we're actually kind of breaking our normal format um, that we've had for the last, whatever, five episodes that we've done. Yep. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about U.S. climate policy, especially the Green New Deal and the Biden climate plan. Um, but first, I forgot to say our names. I'm yep. Olivia. And I'm Elise. And this is World's Burning. Welcome. Yes. Welcome. So first, if you can believe it, the debates were only six days ago. It feels like it yeah. was. Yeah. And- Which by the time this is out, it'll be eight days, right? Yeah. Even but still. Longer. Who knows? What, Honestly, who knows what, what will happen of, between yeah, them? Chaos will go down in the next two days. Yeah. <laughs> We can never really tell. But I did think the debates were really interesting. So my Mm -hmm. roommates and I made like a bunch of dips and made it into like a whole night. We made drinks um, so that we could watch it. And then we were all so nervous. And then, you know, the minutes coming up before it and then just during it, we're just sitting there staring at the screen and like occasionally yelling, but mostly just like stressed to hear three men talk like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was so much like. I feel like I expected it to be bad, but Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to be bad in that way. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, just the everyone talking at the same time. Right. um, Is just the worst. Yeah, it's. It's actually the worst. What were all the tweets? I mean, that's my favorite part of any award show, debate, public thing that a lot of people are watching is that Twitter is just fire mm-hmm. and there were i think you retweeted one that was like yep what was, do you know what yeah it was? it was like turns out three men talking at this the same time is my least favorite sound mm-hmm. and then yeah i retweeted it and was like yeah there are so many podcasts i don't listen to because <laughs> because i feel like yeah just like three men talking all at the same time is yeah a, a like unique form of hell yeah, and they, they're probably also the same type of people who would email us and be like, you girls use too many Twitter uh, filler words. Yeah. Like, uh. Yeah. And like, and like, um. Yep. Who cares? It's fine. Um, But it was the first. Okay, this is crazy. I had to look up these stats to make sure they were right. But it's the first time in 12 years, according to NBC, that a presidential debate moderator has asked a question about climate change. Um, Which is insane. Like, that seems fake. Like, that can't be true. Yeah. But that so that was also 12 years ago was that the vice presidential candidates were asked to debate what is true and false about the climate crisis. So they weren't even really asked anything that specific. It was 20 years ago when former Vice President Al Gore, who, you know, climate superhero, um, was the last candidate who was directly asked about climate change. That comes from The Guardian in a general election debate. Yeah. So it's really been 20 years. And then this question still was, what do you believe about the science of climate change? That's what Chris Wallace asked yeah. Trump. And he partially asked that question after already introducing climate change as a topic, which we didn't know was going to be a topic. Yeah, because um, I, I remember we talked about it specifically before about how it wasn't gonna be right Mm -hmm. and then and then as soon as the like climate question came up we were both like texting each other like yeah we're like oh shit oh Uh, shit (laughs) yeah um yeah and that was yeah i had to rewatch it again yesterday because you know during the actual debate there's just so much information being thrown at you and we weren't totally expecting that i'd heard like rumors that that might happen but i didn't really think that rumors had any standing you know with a presidential debate like that so yeah I was just very surprised and overwhelmed one thing that Biden okay so it was interesting to hear both of them respond to this I mean Trump can barely respond to the question do you believe in climate change which as I think we've discussed is like that should not be the the question the question should be what are you going to do about it which for Trump is nothing yeah or just criticize people for things instead of actually doing anything right himself right i mean he literally said that he pulled out of the paris accord because it wasn't good for american business Mm -hmm. um and then he blamed the california fires on forest management 
Okay. Oh my god. I saw a TikTok. Like, what did he say? I don't remember the exact quote, but he was talking about like some like European country and how like they have more explosive trees. Do you remember that line? Mm, no. But more explosive trees. Explosive. Explosive. And the TikTok was like someone like waking up and like going to their balcony, like overlooking like like a like city with like lots of trees and then they just like animated all these trees like <laughs> exploding <laughs> like but yeah apparently other places have more explosive mm-hmm. trees which i just just the wording is right maybe maybe flammable like it's drier conditions like but yeah i don't think there was explosive. also a little soundbite where he was like, it's like Tinder. And when I heard that, I was like, that's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen it anywhere. Maybe <laughs> that's where we'll make our TikTok debut. Maybe. Definitely not. But um, <laughs> it could be if anyone wants to use that. Yeah. Um, he did say that. And then Biden, I mean, he kind of talked about. So he did talk about the Biden plan. And he actually, you know, Trump was kind of trying to rile him up and was like, um, he's talking about the Green New Deal and Biden's like, no, I'm talking about the Biden plan. And so yes. he was really trying to separate himself from the Green New Deal. Yeah. Which, an idea. I mean, yeah, like Trump was setting it up as like the far left extremist mm-hmm. thing, the Green New Deal, it, while putting words in his mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, he literally when Biden was like, no, it's, you know, I want the Biden plan. Trump was like, oh, and you just lost the radical left. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I mean, you know, if we consider the radical left led by people like Bernie Sanders and AOC, they they're on Biden's side, maybe reluctantly. But um, yeah, which like, I mean, I think we'll get into it a little bit. But like, I think like there's a lot of reasons why the Biden plan is something that far left people can get very on board with yeah absolutely yeah that's i mean there's a lot of stuff from the debate but i don't want this podcast to be us yelling about things that trump does the the short of it is there's like no plan from trump literally nothing or there's whatever we can get the biden plan to be yeah so i mean i think let's talk through like what is the green new deal Mm -hmm. and then talk about how it compares to the Biden plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the Green New Deal is a resolution proposed by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Ed Markey, um, which I don't have a Boston accent. I just want to say this real fast. I was born and raised in Massachusetts. I don't have that accent. My parents don't have that accent. But it's really hard to say Ed Markey and not say, like, Ed Markey. It's, it just Fair. feels wrong. Um <laughs> But anyways, they introduced this uh, resolution in February of 2019, which as of recording is like a year and a half ago. Feels like a long time ago. And well, do you have a short explanation of it? I feel like I have a little bit longer. Um, I mean, I I feel like my kind of short way of saying it is that it's basically an acknowledgement that Congress needs to take responsibility to act, Mm -hmm. you know, in response to climate change, taking into account kind of, like, the environment, obviously, but then, like, general equality of all Americans and, you know, really looking at the economy and, Mm -hmm. you know how we can make things better for everybody is kind of how and then obviously it goes into so much more detail but I feel like that is how I would explain it in very short and simple terms yeah I yeah I agree with you I mean it's kind of like a, a vision statement more than anything else yeah um so something I thought was interesting about it is that it the it's 14 pages by the way mm-hmm. um it's like yeah you know, fairly it, narrow margins yeah or large margins um large spacing it doesn't take too long to read it um but we'll also you know kind of try to summarize the the essential ideas from it mm-hmm. but one thing that I think is interesting about it is that it 
says the U.S. needs to take the lead on climate change. And after they talk about, mm-hmm. like, the U.S.'s relative power and our emissions impact, they also um, say that the U.S. is dealing with two crises. One is life expectancy declining while basic needs become increasingly inaccessible. Um, and the second is a four-decade trend in wage stagnation, deindustrialization, and anti-labor policies. Um, mm-hmm. So neither of those, those are both like economic and life quality crises. Yeah. That's not, not even, even the environment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's saying those are the two crises that the U.S. is dealing with. And the way that we fix that, the way that we talk about this and come up with solutions is through combating climate change, pollution, and environmental destruction. Mm-hmm. So I think I just think that's cool. And I think it's such an important idea that that resolution brought about that inequality and environmental activism, environmental work are mm-hmm. are two things that have to be looked at together um, because so many of the systemic injustices that they talk about they say disproportionately affect frontline and vulnerable communities. You see that term around, yeah. like throughout the whole 14 pages, frontline communities, um, vulnerable communities, um, indigenous people are also often mentioned, which is, is amazing. And I think is a testament to the people that wrote the green new deal that mm-hmm. like this, ha- they say it over and over again. These are the people that we have to ask. We have to um, fully inform them if we're asking for their permission for something um, and we need to work in collaboration with people that are dealing with the biggest issues of climate change today. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like empowering all the people that are affected most or, yeah, are on the front lines of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so a question I had that I asked you was, uh-huh. is the, well, before I read it, because I've been told by several podcast honestly or just people to just go ahead and read it and I yeah I never done it whatever imperfect person um but I asked you I was like is the green new deal symbolic or is it real and you explained it well I how how did I even respond to it initially (laughs) honestly well this is yeah this is what you said Probably did, before you read it also. No, because like I read it a couple weeks ago before we did this because I listened mm-hmm. to a podcast and they were like, oh, it's only how to save a planet. Probably. I Yeah, I think it was how to save a planet. And they were just like, it's only 14 pages and it's very easy to read. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, oh, like I, I don't know why. Like I just assumed that it'd be really complicated and whatever, yeah. which is, I think, something that a lot of people assume. Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean, I, I, I can't, honestly can't remember <laughs> what I said before, but, like, I do think it's just, like, acknowledging, like, it's a commitment to making plans in the future and just acknowledging. Right. Um, so it's it's not, like, if every person were to sign this, nothing is going to change. It's just a mm-hmm. commitment to passing other, other laws and, like, other things uh, yeah. to... And, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, it could be, like, something that calls into action, like, a giant sweeping plan. Or it could be a bunch of little teeny tiny things that are right. passed over time. Um, but it's a commitment to to do that. Yeah. No, that's exactly, I mean, what you had said before, that it itself could be considered symbolic because it's a goal and it's not putting anything into action. Mm-hmm. Um, but also signing on to it is a symbolic agreement to make things happen yeah i listened to ezra klein's podcast with rihanna gun wright who is one of the writers of the green new deal she works um with new consensus and she was like there's literally no way that this is going to be one bill it's definitely going to be a series of bills because it's impossible for this it's so um wide-reaching that it has it would have to be a series of many 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 different laws and bills in order to actually put into place but it's like setting that this is what our vision is this is what we want to happen slash this is what needs to happen in order for us to have an inhabitable earth yeah um and then like looking into what we're actually going to do specifically comes after yeah yeah and because like i do think it's it's reading through it it's so all-encompassing and it's so big but it is 
it is only 14 pages. So like when you're talking about the economy, healthcare, education, like like environmental practices, like all of this, like you can't be very specific about anything. Right. So it is truly a starting place and everything else can be elaborated. Yeah, which is also funny, you know, how it's been so controversial. I mean, now we're a year and a half out since it was put up and it has this 10-year mobilization plan. That's like the the second half Mm -hmm. of the resolution is talking about this 10-year mobilization plan, which again is not specific policies, but it's just like a vision for what the next 10 years will be. So if we're already Mm -hmm. a year and a half into that, it's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. And we're still, we're like- yeah, still talking about should we have a Green New Deal and yeah. like, is climate change real? Right. Uh, that <laughs> doesn't seem like we've right. done that it's, great of a job. And it's funny. It's like if we're asking people at this point what they think about the Green New Deal, it's like who cares? If you didn't support it then, you know, you're not going to support it now. But like we're in the middle of it. So we need to move on from like whether or not you believe in the Green New Deal, if that's even a thing, or if you believe in climate change and then like, no, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to put that into everything? Yeah. um, Everything in your life. That was another thing that Rihanna Gunright said on that podcast. She said, I can't think of one thing that I experienced as just climate change. Like, which is so true. I mean, she says in- income inequality increases emissions. That's just a fact. And that's like a big part of how the Green New Deal is structured is to put those two issues together, inequality and uh, climate change and emissions. Like we have to see those as two parts of the same problem and combat them in the same way because otherwise, yeah, we're going to have the same deal that we did with the the original New Deal and like the government, federal government mobilizations from World War II, where there was this massive middle class that was created, but there's a lot of people that weren't included and didn't benefit from those actions. Yeah. And those are the people that are experiencing, yeah. um, you know, the most adverse effects in the 21st century. Yeah. Which like, I feel like, honestly, maybe my favorite thing about the Green New Deal is the fact that it's so intentional intentional about listing like ev- like not I'm I mean and you can't necessarily list every single but like it is it lists so many different people that are intentionally being included in the Green New Deal to make sure they're not left behind and I think if mm-hmm. there's anything to take from the Green New Deal into anything that is passed um, or any action that is taken is like, are all those groups included in that? I feel like that is so important. And just like, is any policy going to be leaving people out or are they going to be paying the price for everyone else? Right. So let me just define those. So we talk about (laughs) frontline and vulnerable communities and they, when they list them, they say indigenous peoples, communities of color, Migrant communities, deindustrialized communities, depopulated rural communities, the poor, low-income workers, women, the elderly, the unhoused, people with disabilities, and youth. So that's a lot of communities. Yeah. But they're all communities that deal with this issue in different ways. Yeah. Um. Also, want to unpack real quick: deindustrialized. Oh my god, I can't say it. <laughs> deindustrialized. Thank you, communities. Um. I mean, maybe that's obvious to people, but just to say that includes communities that rely heavily on jobs, income from oil and gas, maybe they're Mm -hmm. um, oil rich parts of the U.S. and people that would be worried that a Green New Deal is going to worsen inequality in their communities, lose jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And so part of what I really like about the Green New Deal is it it says to those communities, no, we're going to create clean energy jobs for the same people. And we're going to make it so that those jobs are higher paying, um, give the workers more bargaining power, more union power, and are overall just better jobs, better benefits for the same communities. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's, it's just super thoughtful in that. And yeah, just like anyone 
if you're reading this and think you might get left behind, like we have something for you that might even be better than what you have now. Yeah. Um, and like everyone will have a place and everyone will have a good place in what we're hoping to create here. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's our shortened version of the Green New Deal. I mean, yeah. it's basically split into three sections. Like what we need to do, how this is going to be done through a 10-year ra- national mobilization. Oh, my gosh. I can't speak. <laughs> a 10-year national mobilization. And then like even more specifically how this is going to be achieved. And like mm-hmm. really just tries to cover every single community, every single issue. Um, but it's still like you said just a vision it's it's fairly general which which i i do i do want to say like i know uh like nancy pelosi i think called it like the green dream and being but like was condescending about Mm. it and like that is like it is a dream but like it doesn't have to be condescending in a way that it's never gonna happen like it's a goal it's something to work work for and work towards and like it's a dream in a motivating way mm-hmm. and in something that's like big and huge and a big change. But yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Like it bothers me when people are use dream, like that saying that it's like a dream in right a negative way, um, which right, honestly just realistic. seems very, like very un-American. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, that reminds me, did I already say this? We were talking about it before, the AOC video that it's beautifully yeah. drawn out um, explaining the Green New Deal. We'll put it on our mm-hmm. website. Um, but it's like from the perspective of her maybe 20 years into the future, mm-hmm. looking back on this time in America's history. Um, and it ends with her saying, we can be whatever we have the courage to see, which is very yeah. Dr. Seuss, but I love it. It's like it made me tear up. That's, yeah, and that's no. true. And one thing that I thought was so interesting about that video was it's it's so hopeful and positive and mm-hmm. like it is something that it seems like a dream like it's it's great and it shows like everyone having a place and finding like something they're passionate about um but it also has like in the the you know the dream that she's depicting like it still has Miami yeah being covered in water mm-hmm. and destroyed and so I think that while it seems like super optimistic to a lot of people I think it's still super like realistic mm-hmm. in so many ways like it's not saying that if this is adopted and and we start working on this today that everything will be fine it's saying that like we're still gonna be dealing with climate change we're just like gonna be doing something about it but like we're still gonna have like bad impacts right of it so we can hopefully stop us where we're going and not make it even worse yeah um although we're still gonna deal with extreme weather in the next well, in the future. Yeah. Now and forever, probably. Yay. So should we talk about Biden's climate plan? Yeah. So I I mean, we touched on this at the beginning a little bit, uh, but I feel like uh, there was this big gotcha moment where Trump got Biden to say he didn't support the Green New Deal then he was mm-hmm. like, you, you know, you just lost lost all of your far left supporters. You right. know, like, I won, got you to say it, bleh. but then then he was like, well, I have the Biden plan. I support the Biden plan, mm-hmm. which after reading the whole thing doesn't seem too bad. <laughs> right. Um, because where where the green new deal is kind of all overarching goal the biden plan has a lot of specifics Mm -hmm. as in you know what is biden going to do in the first 100 days in office what is he going to do within the first year what is he going to 
you know, set in First motion. day, too. Yeah, first All day. All the executive orders from the first day. Yeah, um, and then, like, what? how is he going to set things up to go over the next 10 years? So it's a lot... Um, a lot of of action, which I, I was talking to my sister about the whole thing. And one of the things that she was confused about was like, well, she was kind of just like, well, I don't get it. Like, it seems like the Green New Deal isn't actually going to do anything. So it's not doing enough, even mm-hmm. though it seems so ex- like it seems so extreme to so many people. On the other hand, it actually isn't. It's a commitment. It's not right. There's, there's no action. So enforceable portion. Yeah. So on the other hand, it's like, while it's super extreme to a lot of people, on the other hand, it's not doing it. Like, not technically doing anything. Yeah. So for people who may not like the Green New Deal because of that or be confused about why the Green New Deal is important because of that, the Biden plan does have so much action happening right off the bat. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, people are so opposed to the Green New Deal. And, you know, we were saying that Biden kind of had to denounce the Green New Deal in the way that Trump was you know, trying mm-hmm. to jab him to because he's trying to win an election and yeah. really trying to win that election and doesn't want to seem... I mean, we know Biden's not the most extremist, radical left yeah. candidate. He is very centrist, but he has to kind of appeal... Yeah. like fully by design also. Right. Like- and so he kind of has to you know, say, okay, like, no, the Green New Deal isn't my plan. He says that verbatim, like, and then he has to say the Biden plan, which just from the title makes me think, oh, it's going to be more centrist and less, you know, visionary in the way that the Green New Deal is. But then when you actually look at it, it's a lot more specific than the Green New Deal. And it takes so much inspiration from the Green New Deal that, you know, it, it's just funny that that's how politics runs and that's yeah. what he has to say because pe- yeah. most people are just going to hear the titles and be like, oh, the Biden plan's probably, you know, yeah, pretty chill yeah. and in with the oil and gas industries and whatever. Yeah, but but yeah, honestly, after after reading it, like both policies go hand in hand very well. And while some will be more specific about certain things, like mm-hmm. they complement each other very nicely from what I can tell yeah so let me read a little bit from the Biden plan (laughs) um, with the specifics because he well just because I always have yeah pages and pages of notes that I can't possibly (laughs) understand while we're talking yeah um but so he said in, in the third paragraph of the Biden plan it says Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges we face Um, So, of course, that's a little different than what we heard during the debate, but Mm -hmm. I digress. It powerfully captures two basic truths which are at the core of his plan. One, the United States urgently needs to embrace greater ambition on an epic scale to meet the scope of this challenge. And two, our environment and our economy are completely and totally connected, which, you know, is a better way of saying inequality. I mean, climate justice is racial justice. Yeah. Inequality is inextricably linked to the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I just think it's funny. Um, when, you know, we had the primaries and there were 8 million Democratic candidates. And actually, when the Green New Deal came out was kind of at the beginning of that um, primary cycle. Everyone announcing their candidacy and saying whether or not they supported the Green New Deal was like a part of the primary campaign. Mm -hmm. And so Sunrise Movement, who, you know, are a youth activist organization and had a huge part in um, creating the Green New Deal and then like popularizing this idea and like the idea of mobilization. They've just done some incredible things. They rated uh, Biden's original primary climate stance as an F. They gave him an F. And so since then, once he got the nomination, he has brought on Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to revamp his plan and make it a lot better. So his mm-hmm. first plan um, was $1.7 trillion over 10 years. The new one is $2 trillion over four years. So moving stuff up, um, it's very supportive of unions and union jobs. Uh, it says it's paid for by um, a corporate tax increase and some stimulus money. Um, I got this from the Skeptic Cast, which is a really funny short. They have a really short episode on 
specifically on Biden's climate plan, I recommend listening to. But it doesn't call for banning fracking, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. I honestly wouldn't have necessarily noticed that otherwise. Yeah. But he did say um, via The Guardian, Biden would put 40% of climate investments toward environmental justice, including in communities of color that are more likely to be surrounded by polluting fossil fuel infrastructure. Um, but it doesn't make any calls for Medicare for all or a federal jobs guarantee. Even though he does mm-hmm. talk about creating millions more jobs via yeah. clean energy and yeah, and I, I definitely saw like kind of what you were saying with uh, like not leaving deindustrialized communities behind. Like mm-hmm. uh, he mentioned like partnering with community colleges and like having education and like training programs for creating new jobs or like helping move people over, and so it is like in a lot of places, very specific about how to make sure people have jobs, even if there's not a federal jobs guarantee. And it matters, too, that, you know, he's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a swing state also. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and it's also uh, a state with a lot of mining, a lot of fossil fuel industry jobs. And so that, like, it, it makes sense that that has to be a priority for him because yeah. I, I completely understand if your community is built on fossil fuel industry and the government isn't giving you the incentive or opportunity to switch to another type of energy, then you're going to just be afraid that your jobs are going to go away. Yeah. The clean energy jobs are going to go maybe, maybe to the cities or whatever to, to someone else and your community is going to be left in the dust. Yeah, which is super scary. Yeah. But... In this case, it's, like, especially with, even without any plans, like, it seems like a lot of fossil fuel jobs or, like, coal specifically are uncertain anyway. So, like, Mm -hmm. any, I feel like this kind of thing can help give comfort to a lot of people knowing that they'll, they'll have something to turn to. Yeah. um, And they'll be taken care of, which is good. Yeah, it actually made me really excited reading his plan, knowing, you know, that other people have helped him to make it into a little bit more, um, what's the word, like more of a dream, a larger vision um, than what he mm-hmm. had before. It, it just makes me excited that hopefully he's going to be elected and these are going to be the policies that are put in place because there is no... Republican plan. There's a really good episode we talked about, you know, in our, mm-hmm. just the two of us talked about from How to Save a Planet that came out a couple weeks ago about the Republican sh- like shift to not caring yeah. about climate change that happened in the last few decades. Highly recommend listening to that because yeah. now, you know, where we are now and pretty much for our entire lifetimes, it's been a completely partisan issue. Yeah. And then was it uh, How to Save a Planet? I'm just gonna. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, so. Oh no, I was just gonna say we. We're just like listen to them. But listen to yes. hot takes. But I mean, <laughs> also like I love once I get into like one thing or like I start listening to one podcast that's a certain that's a certain topic. Like I want to listen to all of them, and I just like, yeah listen to so many. So like if you're enjoying this podcast, hopefully, mm-hmm. there's so much more to dig into and yes. like. Like, all the podcasts that I've been listening to complement each other and also mm-hmm. reference each other so much. And so it's it's just one big conversation. Yeah. And I love it. But uh, did you listen to the one from the How to Save a Planet uh, episode from Thursday? Mm, wasn't that the Republican one? Okay. Is, is, it? is that the one that you're talking about? Because there, there was... Maybe. There's some more, like... I've listened to some things that are more, like... Uh, historical like things that like went down in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. um, but was it the one with the 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 younger Republican or not I th- yeah not I even said, yeah Republican, that one. like conservative yeah yeah I was said talking... a couple weeks ago but it okay was this week. yeah uh, I wasn't sure if you're talking about the same one but um, yeah just the idea that this type of policy doesn't have to be on one side or the other it is but like I think it's good to see, try to find common ground. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of the discussion with the economy and like, what are we going to do? Like, especially with 
you know, the pandemic. Like, how are we going to mm-hmm. get out of this? Like, so many times in the Biden plan, or at, le- at least a few, he was like, this is an opportunity. Like, this is an opportunity to make jobs. This is like, you know, an economic opportunity, not something that we need to look at in a bad way. So yeah. that seems like something that all parties should be into. Like, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, like the core parts of it about, you know, increasing jobs, increasing American infrastructure, those are all things that I think of as they should be bipartisan, but they're mostly Republican values. Yeah. And even like, like uh, autonomy when it comes to like accessing energy and, you know, America being a leader. Yeah. Like all these things (laughs) seem like something we should all be excited about everyone should be on the same team about it but we're not yeah (laughs) so but it that that last episode uh was really interesting and kind of nice to hear someone who identifies as a conservative talking about wanting to have a planet to live on yeah Um, and and yeah hopefully there's he you know is is part of a a group of young conservatives who are going to talk about these issues and help us make it less of a bipartisan issue. Because, yeah, I mean, even when we started this podcast, we were like, well, how political can we get? And then especially starting it in the fall of an election season, everything is political. Yeah. Everything is always political. And so, like, like, we haven't hidden very well. No, like radical left leanings. Like, I mean, we're pretty open about like our opinions and like where we stand about things. Yeah. But but also, yeah, looking at it, like what can everyone agree on? What should everyone agree on? Like everyone Mm -hmm. should, uh, which, okay, this is where I'm going to bring up. um, I I started reading or listening to Aaron Brockovich's Mm. new book called um, Superman Isn't Coming, I think is the title um but she also has a podcast which i haven't listened to yet but i'm really excited to too. she yeah. also i she also has an episode uh she's on an episode of getting curious with jonathan van ness which is mm. so good if you don't want to commit to reading or buying the whole book um that which you should uh but like that episode was so good i also just love jonathan van ness and all the questions he asked and how excited yeah. he is about everything. Um, he has an episode with Ed Markey, too, about the Green yes. New Deal, yes. which is fun. Uh, JVN always comes in with all the questions that you are afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, both of those are good. But, like, Erin Brockovich talks about uh, – and, and, I mean, she, she like, uh, like, she has kids in the military. Like, I think she's someone who I feel like is, you know, not necessarily crazy lefts or anything, but – she talks about, like, everyone wants clean water and how, like, so many moms and stuff are, they just want clean water for their kids. Right. And, like, it's just, um, I feel like she comes at it from such a, like, kind of, I guess, like, no nonsense, just, like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. we're being poisoned. <laughs> like, this is, it shouldn't be political if you're drinking chemicals that give you cancer those kind of issues yeah are which i mean in the biden plan like there's a whole like section about water and mm-hmm. like sp- like broken down into regional you know concerns yeah wait hold on let me but yeah i feel like there are there are so many ways to discuss there are so many ways to discuss environmental issues that shouldn't be partisan yeah exactly yeah, she, I, I was listening, uh, whatever. I was so excited for her book to come out. And then it, it came out literally the day probably that I started graduate school when mm-hmm. my reading, you know, requirements got. I just have so much reading to do. But um, she has her website. A lot of people would send her, you know, issues that they were having with their water after the movie or in Brockovich mm-hmm. came out. And so she has this like constant stream of people thinking to come to her. And then yeah. she was like, oh, I can be the connector between these people and the people that can actually fix these issues. But then there's also so many communities that are different, dealing with different types of um, water pollution and um, water scarcity, all those kinds of issues. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so cool. And I, I feel like I also kind of was reminded, like, I know we talked a lot about like 
true crime things. And, like, Mm. she has such the energy, I feel like, of an armchair detective, kind of, just by, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that is an energy that can be tapped into. Um, Because, like, in the book, she's, like, I, like, she has certain, like, you know, collections of information that she's, like, I have the most information of anyone just because I've com- I've compiled it and people tell me and like people tell me stuff just from their personal experience that isn't necessarily part of an experiment or part of a study or part of whatever yeah. but I have all this it's just an anecdote yeah I just have all this data that you know no one else has um so so it's it's just really cool to see like individual people just like collecting data or like um you know just getting stories from their you know local neighborhood and putting you know, pins together. And then when you get someone like Erin Brockovich, she connects all the little dots that other people are connecting. It's just very cool. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. We've gotten that's our call from (laughs) people to send us your environmental stories. Yeah. Do you have a weird water situation? Yeah. Flooding, scarcity, any of those things? Do you have air pollution? I mean, any issues in your in your community that your community is dealing with or cool ways that they're dealing with them? Yeah. You should send them to us. Yeah. Because that'd be cool. Yeah. Which, like, I know also just, like, keeping it semi on track uh, in the Biden plan, they also reference, like, working with mayors and working with, like, a lot of individual smaller communities to, like, make things happen and to... Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, specifically, like, with water pollution or with, like, super local concerns about the environment, like, you know, if if local leaders have the support of the federal government or have access to more resources and all sorts of stuff then yeah that's it's good make things happen yeah i just did a word search in the plan for water and it's mentioned mm-hmm. 48 times and he has a whole section on safe and clean water for all americans mm-hmm. um, he references a study by national academy of sciences that found that three to ten percent of americans live in areas where water quality is subpar which is often due to aging infrastructure that needs to be updated or replaced. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, water pipes, sewage pipes, all that kind of sexy stuff. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Which honestly, okay. So speaking of sexy stuff, um, (laughs) like one thing that I think is really cool, uh, and we were talking about this a little bit before, but like how in the Biden plan, he compares the cost of certain things to the cost of the Apollo missions and Mm. just like comparing like kind of like subtly comparing this plan to like getting to the moon which I thought was really interesting I think explicitly yeah 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 like I mean and it's not like he's like this is our moon landing but I think framing it in that kind of really because like so much stuff isn't sexy like it's about pipes it's about yeah yeah, like, like lead in the water and, you know, all these, you know, insulation and all sorts of stuff like that. That is, like, n- people aren't excited by, like, thinner and better insulation for your house. Right. Maybe some people are, but, like, the general public, you know, it's crickets. But by comparing this effort and, like, what we can do and the possibilities and the opportunities... And the potential for innovation mm-hmm. to the moon, like getting to the moon, I feel like is really cool because like it's something that seems impossible and crazy, but we got to the moon. We did it. Um, and so like what's saying we can't do this on Earth? And I just think that that's really cool and really exciting. Yeah, they said they would invest $400 billion over 10 years, which is twice the investment of the Apollo program, which put a man on the moon, mm-hmm. adjusted to today's yeah. dollars. So, which, hell yeah. And yeah. also, I all the talk about money, um, which the, the Green New Deal does, does mention um, $1 trillion, and then the Biden updated climate plan is $2 trillion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't get into like an item by item thing in the way that, you know, Bernie Sanders Green New Deal kind of did or like more specific policies would would dive into. Mm-hmm. But it just reminds me of another thing that Bernie Sanders said. He was like, you know, this plan is expensive, but expensive as opposed to what? And especially if yeah. we're creating, you know, 
jobs for people and ways to to make money, then the idea of spending money on this essential thing, it's just like, what other choice do we have? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Just because, I mean, even every every hurricane, every disaster, like, it's billions of dollars in damage mm-hmm. just for that, not, you know, taking other things into account. Um, right. But yeah, not only is it an opportunity to avoid stuff like that and avoid the cost, but yeah, there's lots of just straight up opportunity. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So lots of lots of fun, fun, good stuff, but like... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's anything else you want to dive into with the Biden plan, but uh, yeah, I just I just think it's interesting that it that was such like a gotcha moment and maybe something that like was disappointing to hear in the debate or maybe you were happy that Biden isn't behind the Green New Deal. But like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the similarities in the way that, yeah, the Green New Deal complements the Biden plan, um, you know. It's it's pretty cool. Right. Yeah, no, I think it is. I, I think the, the reason we wanted to talk about this almost is that, like, I didn't 100% know how to feel when I heard what he was saying during the debate. And even before, you know, when I hear people have this really strong stance for or against the Green New Deal, I kind of knew in my head that I was for the Green New Deal, but I didn't totally know what that meant. So hopefully yeah. we we've succeeded a little bit in like in, unpacking what that means mm-hmm. and then how the Green New Deal is has influenced Biden's plan. And then hopefully in a couple months we can talk about what Biden's plan was that won him reelection and then what he's actually planning to do and holding him accountable for every single small policy yeah. that is in um, the Biden plan and what will come after that. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, yes. And and one other thing that I don't think we started with at the top, but mm. um, one thing that I feel like uh, is super important to note is like the fact that the Green New Deal is like essentially a commitment of Congress to act on climate change. Mm-hmm. And like one of the first things in the Biden plan is saying that Biden will hold Congress accountable to, to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if they don't, like, he's going to make sure they move on it. And yeah. so kind of by saying that he's at least holding Congress to some portion of the Green New Deal, just, yeah. you know, so hopefully that happens. Hopefully he gets elected. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Do you have anything else? I think that's. Not not specifically. Yeah, take a deep breath. Yeah, whew. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of things, but, but yeah, hopefully that helped with just yeah the general understanding yeah. of like what the Green New Deal is, how it'll yeah. af- affect us, or not. Yeah, and we'll link obviously the Green New Deal, which is like we said, fourteen pages, large margins, fairly easy to read. And then Biden's plan, which is currently just on his website. There's no, like, I mean, it's not a resolution into Congress yet, so it's not in that format. Yes. Um, but you can you can skim through it, and it it definitely is Biden's campaign website where they talk about him as a climate change pioneer in a way that, you know, I think he, he will be if he follows through on this. But in the past, he's been, like, a climate change, whatever. What's the word for, like, a buddy, like, Sunny day buddy. What's the term? Fair weather uh, friend. Oh yes. my god. That was like- <laughs> Sunshine buddy. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, that's, I just did what my dad does all the time, which is like say a similar phrase. Make up no, your I own individual it. phrase. I love it. It works. But um, I think he's been sort of a fair weather friend to climate change. And hopefully now he's like fully in it. Yes. In the way that he says he is right now. Hopefully. 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 Is it time for the dump? Yeah. I have something I want to show you and I'll put oh, it on our website. Sorry. It's one other thing. Oh yeah. Uh I we were talking about this before, but uh we'll link the the like the Green New Deal and the Biden plan, but also uh we found a video of AOC mm. reading the Green New Deal. So if you don't actually want to read it and you want you like you like podcasts and people to read yeah. you stuff, um, we'll have a link to 
AOC reading the Green New Deal. So that's yes. just one other thing. On the know. House floor. Yes. So that's yeah. just one other thing we'll have linked if you want to hear what's in the Green New Deal but don't want to sit down and read it. Yeah. Look at my glitter. Look at it. Ooh. Isn't that so cute? It it's is biodegradable so cute. glitter. Where is it from? Um, from BioGlitz. I bought it on Package Free Shop, which is um, an amazing store. I think I, I referenced them as like in our extended show notes for Amazon alternatives. They have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. started by Lauren Singer, but this is from the brand BioGlitz. So it's it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little <laughs> bit bigger of a vial. Um, but it's party glitter and it's totally biodegradable. And also a little bit of this, I'm sure, will go a really long way. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited. I feel like I'm channeling a lot of my energy into Halloween this year. I'm not yes. usually like a – I like Halloween, but I'm not like a huge Halloween person. But I just decided a few months ago, like, I'm going to dress – I don't know what my costume is going to be yet, but I'm going to dress in, like, all of the colors for Halloween. I so this it. is going to help me do that. Yeah. Because I just – I feel like especially – you know, in that weekend before the election, I just need to like release yeah. everything. Yeah. No, I 100% feel you. That's my strategy. Yeah. No, I, I watched The Love Witch like mm. a couple weeks ago. And I What's just, that? it's, it's this like, it, I think it came out in like 2016, but it's just this like campy 60s style uh, kind of horror movie about like this witch named Elaine uh and I just like it's so pretty just like visually amazing um Mm. and she just does like love spells on all these men and it's great um but Mm -hmm. I just like I love her style in it and so I'm just I I don't really have a Halloween costume in mind because I'm probably not going to do anything on actual Halloween because pandemic but right yeah I'm gonna hang out with my roommates (laughs) to clarify yeah no I uh but I'm I'm just channeling Elaine all all uh, all month. I got a blue eyeshadow palette for it. So, yes, I could see um, you doing a so, good makeup look for that. So I'm just I'm just gonna wear blue eyeshadow and be spooky for the whole month and keep petting oh, the black right cat now. that comes in my backyard. Yeah, I forgot about that. I'm googling the love witch so I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, just like just like the pictures are so good, or just like yeah, if you the Google hat, it. the pink hat. Yeah, I don't oh have my a gosh. pink hat. Maybe I'll have to she find looks like, it. She kind of reminds me of Casey Musgraves. Do you yes. see that? Like the seventies yeah. no, for sure. Um, yes, cowboy glam. Not cowboy. She's not really cowboy, but but yeah, um, like the the retro like makeup and I like eyeliner, and she like has like long brown hair, and yeah. just the vibes are unreal. Yeah, and she even has a couple. There's, I'm just scrolling through photos, but there's one where she has. It almost looks like a little bit of a bump it in her mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, and it's, that's very Casey Musgraves. Yes. Ooh, I'm very supportive of this. Yeah, so that's just like the low key vibe I'm feeling all month, and just like this mm-hmm. month, like first day of October was a full moon. Uh, last day, aka Halloween, uh, of October, is a full moon. So it's it's this month is is awesome. Yeah. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah. No, it, it really is. I feel it. And it's our, yeah, it's going to be an interesting month. So sorry, speaking of the election, going back to that, because that's all <laughs> we're going to talk about for the next few weeks, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Although actually, no, we're going to go back to like yeah. our original story format. We'll, yeah, we'll have other other topics and yeah, like our original format, um, but probably a lot of extra talk about the election. Yeah. Because, yeah, how how can we not? Um, but I did my first time ever phone banking um, mm. yesterday. I phone banked for Amanda White Eagle, who is a state assembly candidate um, nominee for um, in Wisconsin, District 92. I did mm-hmm. it with um, It's Radish Time. Her name is, um, that's her username. It's Radish Time is her YouTube, but her name is Taylor Bank. I followed her for a couple of years and she has some fantastic videos about like organizing climate she has a a video called climate justice is racial justice that i think is really profound she just always has like the perfect little video essays for everything but anyway she was like if you're interested sign up and so there were maybe 40 of us and she did a training on a live stream 
and checked in, you know, every 15 minutes to see what was happening. And it was it was a really good way to get into phone banking because I don't really like calling people. I think that's pretty universal of like everyone, even though I've had plenty of jobs where I have to call people all the time. It's still kind of scary, especially to do that for a candidate from a state that I'm not from that I've been to like once. You know, I was really afraid that people were going to be like, why is this 617 number calling me, Boston number calling me about this? And granted, you don't get very many pickups. Like most of phone banking is just getting people's answering machine and not even leaving a message just so that you can go on to the next person. Um, But I don't know. It was a really cool way to do it. And I saw researching for this episode that Sunrise Movement, not surprisingly, has a lot of phone banking campaigns. So you can either start your own or you can join a phone banking campaign for another candidate. And you can sign up for those. Um, I'm not sure about the Sunrise Movement specifically, but a lot of phone banks, you can sign up for them, you know, the day of, you know, it doesn't have to be this thing that you plan out for a really long time. So, yeah. Solid. I survived. That's so good. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's also, yeah, you get a lot of, well, I didn't, I honestly didn't call that many people. I called maybe like 15, but there were people on there that in an hour call like 40 or 50 people. So if you have 40 people doing that for a small candidate in an area where like maybe someone just needs to talk to someone about the issues or even just hear the name of the candidate, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It like felt like a very direct way to talk to people in pandemic times. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, but another thing call back to a couple episodes ago when you recommended undone on amazon prime um i started watching it. i haven't finished it i have like one episode or maybe two to go um but that show is incredible it's like i thought that that and the new charlie kaufman movie i'm thinking of ending things they both talk about time you have to watch it it's um it's really interesting and like they both deal with time in a really interesting way and just kind of like keep there's like no linear timeline which I feel like people talk all the time about 2020 feeling really not to the extreme of those yeah media pieces but like you know time is such a bizarre thing to think about and the way that it passes and so both of those deal with that and it's really just really imaginatively done. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman fan. So yeah, I like had really high expectations going into that. And I did really like it. It's not like my favorite movie he's ever done. Um, but also, I'm just going to say, if you watch it, watch it all the way till the end, all the way till the end. And then maybe, you know, look up an article about it afterwards. Because there were some things that my roommates and I learned about it via an article that made a lot of stuff come together. I'm trying to be mm. really vague. Okay. But okay. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably going to watch it sometime this week. Yeah. It's been like, I keep forgetting about it, but I need to watch it. Yeah. No. I, yeah. We only ended up watching it this week because it is like two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. Um, and it's a very like head spinning two hours and 15 minutes, but it's, it's really cool. And Tony Collette is in it. A couple other great actors and stuff so yeah highly recommend yeah I I feel like I I don't have that many like fun things to (laughs) contribute to the the dump this week um I did watch Fargo last how was it uh really good yeah it's really interesting it's like a little bit different than some of the other seasons but yeah it's like I'm interested to see where they go with it but yeah probably gonna watch the third episode tonight and yeah, I've really been enjoying the new Aaron Brockovich book. Just yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like it's. I just feel like it's very uh, motivating to read, and specifically to listen to because I feel like she just has great energy to her. Uh, yeah, but are you again, listening to it on Libra? Libra? Yeah, Libra FM. Yes, which we love. We learned yes. about them this summer. Yes. Um, which yeah, that's uh, you can instead of getting books uh, off Audible or anything, you can pick a local bookstore to support mm-hmm. and buy your audiobooks through them. So that's super fun if you love audiobooks and still want to support your local bookstore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's especially good for new books. I get a lot of books from Libby Overdrive, mm-hmm. you know, from the library, but yeah. for new books, 
usually the waiting list is super long or just like it might not be available yet. Um, so buying it on there has been really good. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, that's just been like super motivating. And like it is one of those things that shows what individual people can do or like, you know, how one person's story can contribute to a way bigger story and make everything make sense on a large scale. Um, so I just feel like it's while it deals with a lot of tough, tough topics and just like kind of depressing ideas, I think it comes at it from a really uplifting and inspiring angle of yeah yeah like individual people and just like community is coming together and fixing things so yeah I'm gonna make the promise that one of us is going to do Aaron Brockovich's story yes in the next year yes once gonna happen. one of us finishes the book which would probably be you probably because <laughs> um, honestly if I have it on an audiobook I will just like I'll probably like I thought I was gonna finish it by today because um, I think it's like 12 hours and, you know, between driving around and just whatever, doing dishes, like I crush those like yeah. nothing. Um, but I will probably finish it by next week. Yeah. But yeah, we won't be covering Aaron Brockovich next week. But- because there's her movie. <laughs> I mean, the Aaron Brockovich movie is so mm-hmm. fascinating from like whatever the early 90s, Julia Roberts. But then there's also so much that's happened since then. So, mm-hmm. Yes. That will be a thing. Yes. So definitely we'll cover her because, yeah, so interesting. And I feel like it's also just such like a a pervasive environmental issue like water is. Uh, Yeah. When we talk about like specifically carbon emissions so much, Mm. um, obviously there's just like so much with the environment, but just like infrastructure wise, it's interesting to think about. Yeah. So this, yeah, this has been more climate policy intensive episode which will not be the case in the future but if you do have specific policies or things that you want us to talk about in terms of especially u.s politics like we're happy to take any requests regarding Mm -hmm. that um because this has been like a really cool episode i feel like it was really helpful for me you know to talk through it and there's no pressure that we know every single answer because (laughs) that's not possible but like just to be able to talk through it and you know hopefully listening to us talk through it is helpful yeah. to other yeah. people yeah and sorry uh, last week was also like policy heavy uh on, yeah. on my end anyway um but we which, talked i mean yeah yeah trump mentioned electric that, cars yes but like speaking of that uh i saw an article this morning about how new york city uh is is kind of starting to introduce all electric garbage trucks oh to the city which is really cool which will would uh, kind of how I was talking about last week, um, it would help decrease emissions a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the city. And also just like it's one of those things like garbage trucks are stop and go like, you know, their brakes can help charge the battery like they're ideal for they have like specific routes. They have, you know, they're again, stop and go. So like they're perfect for electric vehicles and they well, like all electric vehicles would cut down on sound and yeah, obviously pollution. And I just thought that was really cool. So oh, yeah, you start seeing sound. like uh, you start seeing kind of these policies being implemented around. And obviously this is in New York, but I think they have a goal of changing all of their garbage trucks to all electric trucks by 2035 or something like that. So it's, I mean, policy is really boring, but also it's really cool to see it like happening in real time and like certain policy, you know, inspiring, maybe not policy, but just like swap outs and, you know, it's just cool to see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, last week we talked about electric cars and high-speed trains Mm -hmm. and they talk explicitly about high-speed trains in the Green New Deal and then yeah, um, and they also talk about electric cars and electric federal fleet, which was a term I learned from from Biden, um, which is just like federal cars, basically. Yeah. Um, Also Trump, uh, not Trump, (laughs) definitely not Trump. Uh, (laughs) Biden has like for the high-speed rail, like he has like all the he mentioned like all the lines that he wanted to put in all around specifically. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I was like, there we go. Call back to last week. But yeah, he hey, has yo. a whole thing like about like 
having the train, I think from... Yeah, the California like, High Speed Rail Project. Yeah, and, like, then there's one through mid, the Midwest and, like... And the Great West. But, yeah, so, like, mm-hmm. it, it's cool to see, like, specific plans for all of that going in. So, yay, trains yeah. and cars, part two. And then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about all the policy, but, like, it's it's maybe a little bit dry, but also just, like, really exciting if it happens. And, like, yeah. stuff that we will see in our daily lives like high-speed trains and all that yeah yeah well so if you want to keep up with us and want to be part of our polls and choosing episodes and learning more about episodes you can follow us at worlds burning without the g on twitter and instagram we also have a website worldsburning.com which can also lead you to our email worldsburningpod at gmail.com you can send us any ideas you have, stories you have, like we mentioned, you get the gist. But yeah, yeah. we'd love to hear from you. Cool. Goodbye. Bye. See you next Wednesday. Yep. Wait, I'm going to try and make the match sound. Can Wait. you do it? Oh, I... Uh, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs>